Hello, gorgeous souls. Welcome back to another episode of High Vibe in It. My name is Kelsey Aida. I'm a transformation facilitator and best-selling author. And we are here with my homegirl, Lindsay Robinson. Introduce Hi. yourself. <laughs> We're getting back to the introducing ourselves one. Hypnotherapist, certified and also intuitive coach, helping people live your best life, rewire your subconscious beliefs, and embody your highest potential. How was that? Loved it. That's right. So we're That's here right. to help you live your best life. And in the spirit of doing that, we thought it would be really fun. We've never done this before and all like almost 200 episodes that we've published to do an episode of some of our favorite clips from some of our favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. So whether you are new to the show, you can get a taste to what our show is like. Or if you are an oldie but a goodie and you've been listening for a while, you can reminisce on these episodes and perspectives that are just so great. So we're really excited to dive into some different clips from some different episodes. Lindsay's going to give us a little breakdown of why we chose each clip, a little bit about what to expect from it. And then just to keep your listening experience really nice and easy, I'll just put a little jingle in between each clip so you can know that it's from a new episode. And then at the end of the episode, hopefully you will leave feeling super inspired and delighted to have heard so many great things from so many great people all in one episode. Yay. And Yay. if you get confused on which clip is which, just look at the episode description. <laughs> yes, we'll put it all in there. All right. So the first clip we have is from episode 47. So way back in the archives, we have Carrie Green. She's a business owner and an amazing person. I was so excited to get her on the show. And we ask her where she sees herself in the near future. Uh, and then she goes into this beautiful summary of moving where it feels good. And there's so much important information in here about letting yourself not always go where it feels hardest. And this is going to be a recurring theme, especially in the last clip too, but giving yourself permission to allow that good feeling and allow yourself to just feel good in the process, whether it's getting a relationship or a love or uh, success or any kind of manifestation. So that's a great one. Episode two, we have episode 59, or sorry, clip two, we have episode 59 with Aaliyah Lovely. We've had her on a couple times. She's delightful. You may know her, but she talks about her process of setting her intentions with manifesting her person, how that looked, what it felt like, and talked about a lot of themes that we all experience when setting intentions, like being hyper fixated on the outcome, really kind of feeling that impatience of when it's not coming, but she also gives a lot of really good information and, and insight on uh, how to be very intentional. So she gives examples of if it feels hard, I don't want it. If this happens, it's not for me, don't bring it to me. So she got very, very intentional. And then once she got the thing, she talks about kind of questioning, do I really have it? Is it really for me? So it goes into a lot of themes that we all experience with manifesting and it's a very powerful conversation. And then clip three, we have episode 79, where we talk to uh, the Slay Coach, and she goes into dismantling those deep-seated money beliefs of why we don't talk about money, why it's so, uh, not cliche, why it's so taboo to talk about wealth, and, and if someone's doing good, it must mean something bad for you kind of thing, kind of dismantling all of that stuff, and then moving into how to be a match for money and how to create more wealth and, and be an energetic match with abundance. Uh, easy steps to begin there. So there's a lot of juicy stuff. Oh, I said it again. Clip four. I know <laughs> that's a word. Clip four is episode 58, the difference between narcissism and self-love done by 
Kelsey and I, that is a solo episode, if you want to call it that, with no guests, just us talking about the down low on how you will never turn into a narcissistic person if you can cultivate more self-love. And we go into the difference between those um, those two things. Episode, or sorry, clip five. I keep saying episode. Clip five is episode 162, Daniel Mangana, Dan the Man. He's one of our more recent episodes, uh, one of our more recent guests. And he goes into, well, I rather ask him a question about, we know it should be easy. We know it should feel easy. Why do we keep thinking it has to be hard? What is that? And how do we get rid of it? That feeling of you have to work hard for your money, you have to work hard for this or that. And if it feels easy, it must not be real. It must be too easy, too good to be true. And we kind of dismantle that. And he goes into why that is BS. And it's hilarious. This clip, this is one of the funnier ones. So make sure you stick around for that one. But that's, that's all the clips. Um, they're really great. They have a lot of good information in them. And we really hope you enjoy. For me right now, my goal is to just go where it feels good because mm -hmm. I think like the past two years, I've been bashing my head against a brick wall going where it doesn't feel good, thinking that I have to go there. And I realize I don't have to go there. I, I realize I really need to show up and be committed to like feeling good and to, um, and giving myself permission to do that. Like, I think so often we don't give ourselves permission to do the things that we know we need to do or we should, or we feel like we want to do. Like, even for example, for me, I love mindset stuff and all that stuff, but for such a long time, I haven't been giving myself permission to actually make time for it, for like meditating or visualizing. Like I felt so busy in the day that I never gave myself the space to do that stuff. So just getting back to even that kind of stuff, I feel like, mm -hmm. honestly, I feel like a new person at the moment, <laughs> just because I'm like Yay. back in the flow with it all. It feels, so, it feels so much better. I honestly like had this visualization in the day. <laughs> it was so weird it just came to me and it was like I felt like I was riding a bike with like the wind blowing in my face and I just felt free <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh I've not had this feeling for such a long time where I just feel so good and um and yeah it just it's funny isn't it how it all comes down to what we choose to focus on and totally. the decisions we choose to make and the it's like am I gonna actually have the guts to speak my truth and to make really difficult decisions that feel uncomfortable, but I know I need to do it to move forward? Or am I gonna keep being out of alignment with myself and keep ignoring this message that like, you know, my intuition's bashing me over the head <laughs> and making me feel terrible. And I am ignoring it over and over again because I don't have the courage to like face up to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I just, yeah, I feel I feel good lately that I finally had the courage That's great. to yeah now to I, have get a, back. I have a question about how you said in your journey um story about how you got here that you had a couple what did you call them disgust days Really, oh, like, days of disgust days of disgust thank you <laughs> and disgust days. now is that is because what I what I say a lot you know in different ways is that you don't have to necessarily move yet, but at some point you're probably going to be so uncomfortable that the thought of staying in this spot for another second is just going to be too much and you're going to have to take action. You're going to have to take the next step and you're going to feel like that's your push. Would you describe that as kind of what you experienced in these days of disgust? Yeah. I mean, I was only using that just because I think Jim Rohn said it well. Like, I mean, that's beautiful. I love that term, by the way. I've just never he, heard it before. Days of disgust. Yeah. So Perfect. Jim Rohn talked about like, 
when he talks about emotions that like can change your life and he talks about disgust being one of them and when people have like a day of disgust when it's like they realize what is going on and they realize they're so disgusted by themselves not in like a really crazy way like I don't mean like just in the sense of like you know when you're so fed up of your own crap you're so fed up of being stuck in your own way and you're over it and you just want to get over yourself it's like yeah it's that day it's that day when you have that realization of like I can't do this anymore something I have to change and change becomes absolutely imperative like like you said you the staying where you are is too uncomfortable like you have to change Mm -hmm. um so yeah it would be the same thing (laughs) I think the question for everyone to ask themselves is like do I want to be uncomfortable for the rest of my life, like not living up to my truth? And maybe it's like a smaller degree of uncomfortability, but it's like every single day. Or do I want to just power through it and get really fucking uncomfortable for a small period of time so that I can push through to where I actually want to go so I can feel good in a more long-term and sustainable way? Like, yeah, yeah, it's going to require some moments of intense uncomfortability and uncertainty, but that's sometimes the price of getting to the other side where you have that long-term fulfillment and happiness. Exactly. And I think the big thing is like, what is the point of not allowing yourself to, Mm -hmm. to try? Like, I think, you know, we live one life as ourselves and, you know, we might some people believe we reincarnate yeah, one of those people but like as me I live this one life yeah. and I am here and I think like it is on me to live my best life and I do not want to get to the end of it and think what the hell was I doing I wasn't this I was just fiddling around like mm-hmm. and I remember doing this exercise once and it was where someone said if you only had 12 months left to live what would you do differently and I was like oh my gosh like if I actually had 12 months left to live and I'm focusing just on my business and not like okay I want to take off every you know go and explore the world but if I thought about it from like a business perspective of what do I want to achieve if I only had 12 months in which to achieve it you would I realized I'd make radically different decisions. I would play a bigger game. I would live my life on a bigger level. And I just think we forget that because we get so caught up in the minutia of the day to day. Um, it keeps us playing small. So I constantly feel like I'm zooming back out of life into that big picture. There's this, every time I do like a workshop, I always share this slide. And it's this image I once saw of like the universe. And then it's like a little circle and it says, you are here. It's just like insignificant dot. And it makes me realize like, we live on this planet that is surrounded by blackness and stars and this universe that we just can't even get our heads around we don't even understand what is really out there but somehow we exist here in this moment and it just makes me think like we have we have so much opportunity we have to like show up and be our own best friend so that we can help make the most of the opportunity that we have and to live the best lives like it is on us and when I think about that it just makes me feel so empowered to do scary things and make scary decisions and say yes to speaking in front of a thousand people even though every part of me wants to say no hell no I'm not speaking and doing that so just saying yes because it's life and you, we have to live in a bold way and meaningful yeah. way otherwise what the hell is the point there is no yeah. point and you know, sometimes, you know, when you see people and they're really unhappy in their job, they're not doing what they want to do, they don't have the abundance that they want to have, they feel like 
they're so far from living a life that is a dream life and it makes me feel so sad because I feel like it might not always be easy but we I do fully believe that we have the ability to create so much amazing stuff for ourselves Mm -hmm. and the majority of people do not realize it's within them and that it's up to them to make it happen um and I think that's why all this mindset and manifesting stuff and law of attraction stuff is so powerful because it teaches such incredible lessons that, you know, if we all applied it, we'd all be living amazing lives yeah. or much better, lives, oh, much definitely. more fulfilled lives. Yeah. There's like, I always say, you'll never regret deciding that you're worth it and whatever it is to you, you'll never regret. You'll never look back and be like, yeah, I wish I didn't decide I was worth it. I wish I didn't do that. <laughs> There's never like a, a day that you're going to be sad about that. Um, but yeah, I want to, when I die, I want to know that I've squeezed every bit of juice out of this life. I want to know that I squeezed every bit of happiness and joy, you know, to the best of my ability. And I refuse to believe that there's a person listening or even on this planet who would disagree with that. I think yeah. nobody wants to die being like, well, that was a waste. <laughs> like, yeah. I got to do I that one you, over again. <laughs> you just said something really important to the best of my ability because mm-hmm. it isn't about having it all completely figured out or it all right. being perfect it's about trying to be the best we can be and that is a completely different picture for every single one of us yeah. and I think it's kind of like honoring that like the messiness and the adventure of it all but that's my mindset and attitude comes into it because that's when you kind of like lock into a, an abundant mindset and a, a mindset of gratitude and um yeah you can be in the crappiest situation but you have the mindset to like feel like you can still expand in that so I don't know if you ever read this book called Man's Search for Meaning but it's by a guy called Viktor Frankl and he was in concentration camps Mm -hmm. during the war and he said this quote well in the book he says basically everything in life can be taken away from you except for your freedom to choose how you respond and to me it's the most empowering quote I have ever heard because that is what it comes down to in life like every single one of us has the freedom to choose how we respond to situations, the good, the bad, the ugly. And most people are on autopilot choosing to respond in a really negative way that brings them down, that makes them feel like crap, that does not serve them in any way whatsoever. And to me, if you can get, if like I constantly work on myself and get a handle on how can I respond in the best way? And like, I think that's all we can ever ask of ourselves, but it has to be with intention. And when we can get intentional about that stuff, our life changes and just, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. I think like, you know, sometimes people complicate success and they think of all this stuff and like, how am I going to make it happen? But even just that simple choice of responding and choosing better thoughts, better feelings, that is, the beginning of everything well the, the bigger part was that I was so you know how like when you want something you're super hyper fixated on what it is and you're looking for it all the time and so I was in that space where I was like okay you know where is this going to be whatever but I still had this this thing about me that I would ask every time I would go on a date and said if this isn't the guy let him cancel if this isn't the person let it be easier for me to know I, and I would pray and said, make it so glaringly apparent that this is the person that I can't mistake it. Like make it easy. If there's any back and forth, does he like me? I don't know. Like, you know, the dumb text game It's like, okay, two hours. Okay. Texting me back at this time. I'll, you know, if it was any of that, I didn't want it. 
And so I said, just make it easy. So he stepped in and it was like, immediately, he's like, I'm sure about you. I know I want this. I blah, blah, blah. This is like two days in. And I'm like, you need to slow down. And <laughs> it was just, it was so easy. It's still so easy. Um, he's got two kids and like, we like, we're learning how to integrate those things. And um, it's just really easy. And I still find myself in places where I'm like, but how though? You love me? Like for real? You know, like I still find myself totally. questioning those things. And the universe has been like, Leah, shut up. We finally gave yeah. thing. Don't question it. It's definitely but, our human human part, whether it's a relationship or, you know, a certain level of success you're, you're at or just anything that you felt at one point in your life was too good to be true or was impossible or was just out of reach. Yeah. Once you're in the shoes of the person that has it, you're like, when? Did this happen? How did this happen? Because we want to do, we want to rationalize it. We want to make it make sense. And that is not the language of the universe. It's None just of this like, makes sense. <laughs> None of it. No. And just, you know, if it, that's another part of surrendering. Surrender the logic, surrender the path that got you here and just be unbelievably grateful that you were capable enough, that you were um, up to the challenge, that you were up to that journey. Yeah. Wow. So cool. Yeah. So happy for you. And just to clarify, when we say surrender, we're not saying give up on your dream. No. We're not saying lose sight of how you want to feel. We're not saying don't aim for the stars. What we mm -hmm. are saying is be more flexible in how it's going to look, in how it's going to come to you, in your path getting there. And I think the cool thing about manifestation where it weaves itself into the personal development journey is like, who you are now and who you will be once you have attracted said experience are um, two different versions of yourself. And so yeah. in that space between when you're waiting for said manifestation, that's when you have to do the inner work to get into alignment with what it is that you're asking for. And that's where desire leads to growth. And that's why the universe loves, um, loves when we ask for things and mm -hmm. it, it wants us to achieve our desires because that's ultimately going to grow us and grow the universe as a whole. And it really comes around full circle. Like you should be able to have everything that you want. It might not look the way that you think shit might hit the fan first. So you can learn some things and become the a person that shit. you need to be. A lot of shit can happen. I love when people email me and they're like, so when you practice a law of attraction, like, can it get worse before it gets better? Like, <laughs> Almost uh, always. Some facts. <laughs> it depends. My friend always says it's like cleaning out your closet. Like it always looks worse before it looks better. Right. Yeah. It's true. You got to throw everything around and put all the bags and this is for donating and this is well, for throwing out. And, and here's the thing too. I'm going to jump in with some hypnotherapeutic do points of view because mm -hmm. from a subconscious standpoint, at some point during, like I tell my clients when they come to me, like within the third or fourth session, like I don't want it to be an affirmation, but I say like, don't be surprised if you start to feel a little bit overwhelmed or like lethargic or you just feel exhausted because this is your subconscious last ditch effort to keep you where you are and universe and the subconscious work together seamlessly for better for worse you're always manifesting you've been manifesting since you came out the vagina or the the, <laughs> the womb in general you've been manifesting so you already know how to do this it just becomes a matter of like realizing you know how to do this realizing it is a decision Mm -hmm. Do I want this or do I want that? Do I want to choose better? Um, you've been doing it forever. And so 
when I, when I find people are having this like overwhelm or this, like it's getting worse before it gets better. That's literally just your programming. Like, are you sure you don't want to just stay here? Are you sure you don't want to just like be in this place and alive, but not happy? (laughs) Like you're, you're alive and you're safe, but you're not thriving and you're not happy. So, I mean, I know that is just something that I experience all the time. And I know that my clients do as well. It's that like, if you're, like you said, cleaning out your closet, it, I always equate it to like, if you're in an attic where like all the furniture is covered with sheets or whatever, you're shaking the sheets out and yeah. everything's going everywhere. And you have to like, just wait for it to not wait for settle. it. But you have to give it time to settle. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, people are, are very often pain averse. And I started to learn that behind every major painful thing mm. that I grew exponentially and I grew into the person who could handle that manifestation. So it was interesting, not that I needed to earn it, but that the thing that I was asking for, I wasn't ready maybe to appreciate it yet, or yeah. I wasn't someone who could facilitate the gifts of what I was asking for yet, I don't know. Um, but there was just this process of like, wow, I started to see every time something really painful came up, I leveled up and I learned a lot more. And then when that manifestation came in, I was like, booyah, I'm ready to go. Right. So, <laughs> so there was just this, like, I started to look at pain very differently. Um, you know, through the manifestation process, the, the thing that we're talking about when the cleaning of the closet is mm-hmm. that pain that we feel, exactly. um, that disappointment or, you know, like us having to really dig through our wounds and get to that place. So um, that's been something that has really shifted my perspective and the way that I move forward towards anything now. Like there are some, some bumpy things that have been happening over the last couple of months. And I'm like, okay, Hey, what's up? I'm about yeah. to up. Like it doesn't feel the same anymore. I don't feel afraid as much. I say, okay, this is a thing that's going to set me into the path. However, I really hope it's not a long time, but the less I try to control it and the less fear I feel, the shorter it is. Yeah. And so in, that up. in that perspective, I feel like I've gained a lot more control because you can't control necessarily what happens around you. And when they say like, but you can't control how you feel about it. I was just always like, ugh, I can't help how I feel. You know what I mean? Like I was always so resistant to that phrase. Yeah. But now I'm like, yeah, I do. I do get to look at this as an opportunity versus uh, a tragedy. Or, or I get to see myself as somebody who's being empowered versus a victim. Like I get to do that. And there's mm-hmm. such a different feeling attached to both of those things. And I love that feeling. Again, we don't want it to last too long, but it is a nice feeling when you know that you're going to be supported no matter yeah. what. And you're well, still human, so you still might freak out, but <laughs> like you can pull yourself back in. Okay, right. Right back in. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think it's okay to hold space for the human perspective of poor me. I'm a victim. This sucks. I can't believe this fucking happened. I don't like this. And also simultaneously, you can hold space for the perspective of, well, Maybe possibly this is so something better can come in. Maybe possibly there's something for me to learn here. Maybe possibly there's something for me to heal here. And I think it's okay to simultaneously be in both. And ultimately, like the more conscious you become, the more you can hold space for all these different perspectives that seem to invalidate each other, but they actually don't. Like it's like, this is true. And also this is true at the same time. 
Right. It's a kind of our training and dualistic thinking that keeps us from being able to hold both perspectives. We yeah. think it has to be this or that the same way that we vote the same way that right. we look at other stuff. It's always got to be this or that. And I, there's a lot more gray area there. And there's a lot more perspectives where, where, like you said, those both perspectives can live together. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to ne- negate one just to honor the other one. Right. Yeah, just like you don't have to pretend to be positive all the time just for the sake of manifesting your highest timeline. Like that doesn't Kelsey, I think you hit it on the head when you said it was like in the beginning of the episode when you're like authenticity is the new what was it? Is the new manifesting? A new enlightenment. Ah, yes. Like if you can just work to be authentically you, whatever that means Mm -hmm. in terms of emotion, in terms of like allowing yourself to just feel it even if you don't want to even if you've been ignoring it your whole adult life <laughs> you know look at it and um it transformation yeah you're never you're never going to get steered wrong if you pl- like i love that you said you deeply surrendered and you made your intentions clear mm-hmm. i feel like you just you probably can't do one or the other it has to be like if you're going to surrender you got to tell, at least tell the universe to take control or at least, you know, the higher power, whatever you believe in. Like my intention is to let you drive for a little while. I'm giving up or I'm, I'm just surrendering to, to whatever you want. Um, well, I liken it to like, you're driving in the car, but you let the universe drive, but you took, you key in the GPS. Like, yeah, say, okay, this is where I want to go. And then you fall asleep in the passenger seat and you let them take the direction that they want to get. And there might be a traffic jam and you might have to reroute, but the end destination <laughs> is the same. <laughs> That's um, a good analogy. <laughs> I like it. If you're ready to heal from the past, start manifesting your highest potential and love yourself deeply through the process, you're in luck because I just opened up a few new one-on-one coaching spots. As your transformation facilitator, I help you to expedite your healing, accelerate your growth and design your life intentionally with me as your unconditional support, guiding and holding space for you along the way. It's a little bit tricky for me to put into words exactly what happens in each session as they are so unique and my coaching style is deeply intuitive. So here are some client experiences that I will read to you to give you an idea of what it's like. In their words, (laughs) I'm a new and improved version of myself after working with Kelsey. I have so much less anxiety, so much more self-compassion, and in all caps, (laughs) the emotional resilience and freedom I've tapped into is unreal. Another client of mine said, I honestly cannot begin to tell you the shift that has occurred for me already. I was in such turmoil before we started working together and now I can access so much more joy and positivity. I have never been able to do this before. Kelsey is amazing. This work is amazing. Even my doctor is extremely impressed by what Kelsey and I have been able to accomplish together. I've tried traditional therapy and while I did make some helpful discoveries in this, I find my healing sessions with Kelsey to be even more life-giving. With all that being said, if you're feeling the call or even just curious, you can learn more about working with me at kelseyaida.com coaching and I will link to this in the show notes. So I let's talk about the wealth piece. So we've established going for what you want to do. Pivoting is okay. Doing your own thing is really cool. And then from there, what are some of the healing modalities or mindset shifts that are, that you've noticed are most helpful in getting to that next level? First, 
we have to be okay with saying that we want wealth. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened in the 1800s, 1950s. I don't wherever this rule came about that it's not polite to talk about money. This old school. Why is it not polite to talk about money? It's like it's like saying it's not polite to talk about your gifts. It's not polite to talk about how amazing you are. It's not polite to talk about your talents. It's not like, well, if you talk about money and you have some more money than someone, you might make them feel bad. The fuck? Like, yeah. why don't we just heal them so that no one feels bad when talking about money? And so with being the person, so the book I'm working on is called Attention Horror because everything says, look at me, you know, like my whole brand is all about grasping attention. But part of that is when you talk about wealth, you are going to repel people or people will come flocking to you. So it's a double-edged sword. And the programming of talking about wealth is bad. <clears throat> I'm like, but why? So there's this, this huge, like we were talking before the call, there's this huge, deep ingrained it's never really about money. It's about inadequacies. It's about validation. It's about self-worth issues. It's about generational trauma that's being passed down and generational lack that's actually changed the DNA that's been passed down from your ancestors to you eight generations up has, you know, think about our grandparents that went through the great depression and experienced extreme lack. And, you know, we might've had that poor grandma that this is me the poor grandma who went through the depression as a kid and saved every Ziploc bag, every cereal box was reused for something. Everything had a purpose, not in like a hoarding way, but she reused everything. And my mom still to this day reuses old cereal bags, like as if it's a fucking Ziploc bag. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I mean, no me wrong. She does it now because she's trying to save the planet and I applaud her for that. But like, if you're doing it because you don't want to, like you can't afford a Ziploc bag. Like let's talk about how we can get you some more money. <laughs> you know, like there is so much money out there in the world. And if you look at money as energy, and if energy is always expanding, then money is always growing. Why does our economy cr keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing? Why does the stock market keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing? When the big bang happened, it was a, an extreme amount of energy that set everything on this, we're, we're literally flying through space right now on a giant ball of rock <laughs> that could be hit by a giant ball of fire at any moment. And but we're, we're, we're flying right now. We're literally flying through space. And we have been flying through space since the Big Bang. So if you look at energy as it's always in motion, as it's always expanding, then you have to look at money that way. Yeah. Because money is always expanding. The internet is infinite. Like, it's like the fucking universe out there. It is always expanding. Opportunity is expanding. It means little towns, like the 1850s towns I talked about on the internet, there's an infinite number of real estate that can be picked up on the internet. There's an infinite number of your own space in the digital world that you can pick up and grab and it's fucking free or $40 a month or whatever you pay for your internet service. <laughs> like, like it's free. You can go out there and create your own village, your own tribe, your own digital footprint. 
in the, but if you look at it as something that's actually tangible, if you think about, oh, I'm creating a village, I'm creating a town here, I'm creating something that is a digital community. It's a, it's a, it's a real estate space, just like any real estate that is here on the physical world. It's just as valuable, if not more so than actual physical real estate, because there's a lot of real estate that isn't worth shit. It's bumfuck Kentucky. Nobody wants to live there. You could buy like an acre for like five grand. So like, who cares? Shout out to all Kentucky listeners. <laughs> hey, I'm loud. I'm still here for a reason because I love it so much. But right, right. But like, if you look at money as because we have the internet now, now it can be created infinitely because it's an exchange of value. And now you have this digital footprint that you can create yourself for yourself, this digital village where you can sell to people their products and they can sell you their products and you can create your own little economy and ecosphere. It's literally the same as buying a plot of real estate and creating, creating your own village in the physical world. And it's the same amount of value. And so if you can bring value to people, they will keep coming back and buying. Most of our customers are repeat customers. They come through our funnel, they start with a low cost program and they work up and they buy the next program and then they buy the next program because they get results and then they want to work with me privately. And it's because we've created just a place where people want to live. They want to be there. And, but everyone can do that. Everyone can create that because, or be a part of that because not everyone wants to be the leader. You know, not everyone is born to be the mayor of a town, <laughs> you know, but, but everyone has a, a chance to be a part of the digital currency space that is going on in the world, whether you're creating digital products, info products, which is like a $70 billion a year industry, or if you're selling or physical products on the internet. If you watch Shark Tank now, 90% of the people that get a spot on there are like, well, how'd you make all these sales so quickly? And they're like, social media, social media. <laughs> they have a physical product, but they're like, we went viral on TikTok. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're selling physical shit, but they're using this digital footprint that they have created, this community, this space that they have built for themselves. Yeah. That's Sorry, it's kind of a I lot. Like, I like the mayor analogy. <laughs> Not everybody wants to be the mayor per se, but you can definitely find a spot in that town where you will thrive. You can be the, we the basket weaver. Yes. <laughs> Good old basket weaving. <laughs> we love that. We're bringing it back. <laughs> So do you have a question that you would encourage people to ask when they're beginning to change their money story or where the desire is to change what's going on with money? What, where would you start? Mm, my favorite, it's a series of questions and I ask it all the time. Um, it's one of my favorite, I think most powerful little coaching series. Um, and I give it away for free. It's on my podcast. It's not like something that's like some top secret. Oh, but this is one of the most powerful things that you can ever ask yourself. So I want you to picture someone you look up to deeply, a celebrity, someone you look up to that has a lot of money that's successful. It doesn't have to be a celebrity. It can be a business owner or whatever. You know what I mean? Everyone feels like an influencer or celebrity now that has money that's on the internet. But someone that you look up to that's fucking just like the epicenter of your queen, your goddess. I use Beyonce because like everybody relates to Beyonce no matter your background people are like oh she's Beyonce I get it she's you know, goals like, she's just goals like, that's it she's goals yeah I'm Lady Gaga is my mother and Dolly Parton is my grandmother mm, so that's my I'm the purple Family. purple Dolly <laughs> and so 
I ask your, I always ask people because the answers are always the same. And so this, if you can ask yourself, do you believe in a higher power? The answer is almost always yes. It doesn't have to be God, but almost everyone I talk to has some form. There are very few atheists that follow me. So like they believe in some form of spirituality or a higher power or God or religion or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. You believe in a higher power. Do you believe that that higher power created us all equally? Like in his image, her image, God's image, whatever, the universe. Do you believe that we were all created with magic? And they're always like, yeah, we're, we're all God's children or whatever bullshit they say. <laughs> yes, we're all created equally. Well, it's not bullshit. It's true. But like whatever little phrase you use to say, yeah, we were all created equal. We're all like equal citizens of this universe. And we were all created with magic and talent. Because you tell your kids that, right? Like we were all created equally. You have unique magic. I'm like, okay, cool. So do you believe in free will? Do you believe that that creator created us equally, but also gave us free will to choose. People are like, yeah, I could kill my husband tomorrow if I wanted to. <laughs> Great example. <laughs> While I say that, when I have like the saint, perfect saint of a husband, he's amazing. Uh, but like, yeah, you have the free will to do anything or say anything or think anything that you choose. You have free will. So we believe in free will. So we have agreed on some things here, right? We have agreed, one, that you have free will to choose your thoughts and your actions. Two, we were all created equally, right? We were all created equally. We can choose our thoughts and actions. So then I'll ask, why are you choosing to believe that you are somehow different or separate or not created with the same magic that created Beyonce? Why are you choosing to believe that she is separate or better than you? Why are you being an asshole to yourself? You have free will. You told me you have free will, so you could choose something different because you have free will. Those thoughts weren't, these are the thoughts you have to have. No one is telling you you have to have those thoughts. And those are the only thoughts that you can think is that I'm not magical. And I, you were created with the same magic that created Beyonce. You had the equal amount of magic that created, it's different magic. I mean, I know I can't mm -hmm. dance like that or sing like that <laughs> or any of the things like that, but like, it's different magic but it's an equal amount of magic. And for yeah. you to choose to think otherwise is hypocritical to every belief that we just set up that you said you believed. It stands against everything you've just said you believe to be true. So why are you doing that to yourself? That's mean. Stop being a dick to yourself. <laughs> yes, and the whole stop being a dick to yourself part, it's like when you do adopt that spiritual mentality of we're all one, <laughs> Like hurting yourself is the same as hurting another person, but you don't hurt other people on purpose. So why do you hurt yourself on purpose? And it go the same yeah. goes for life self, like self-sacrificing, like, oh, I helped this people, but it's, a, but it's at my own detriment. Like, so if you do the math, that person got helped, but you got hurt. So nothing changed. You yeah. didn't help anybody by doing that. If you're nope. still hurting yourself. So it's like, mathematically speaking if you're hurting yourself you're hurting people on this planet because you are a person on this planet so yeah. cut that shit out i know well and knowledge is everything so I'm, i agree i'm a hypnotherapist so i have i have to think about like the stuff that they didn't know they believed you know the stuff that was going on in the background so there's a lot to be said for like if yesterday you had no idea about this stuff you're off the hook today you know today yeah. 
Today you have the knowledge. Today you have the ability to make the decision. You have every opportunity to start to change. What is that saying? Like change 1% every day. Even if you only change 1% better every single day, you're still going to get there. Of course, that's not necessarily enough for most people, but everyone can do 1%. You know, Mm -hmm. there is something you can do to start changing those conscious and unconscious beliefs about money, relationships, worthiness, which it all kind of comes down to worthiness, doesn't it? (laughs) It all comes down. But also like success or growth isn't Mm -hmm. linear. Right. Give your give yourself permission to take three massive steps forward and two steps back. Yes. Still one step ahead of where you were six months ago. So life happens to all of us, especially this year. It happened to all of us, right? I mean, like being stuck in the house with three kids. I'm like, fuck, God, we have to move. We need a bigger house. Get them away from me. Uh, I need a she shed. (laughs) I need a she shed. How do I run this business with them in my house? They won't leave me alone. Right. Um. So. We all have life that happens to us, but how we respond to it is all different. And so if we're all going through equal amounts of shit, just different shit, but equal amounts of shit, what separates the top 1%? It's the ones that keep going. So how do you keep going? When you fall down, the successful quote unquote people aren't the ones going into the guilt shame cycle of, well, I failed, I fucked up. I dropped the ball and now I'm now it's too late. No, it's not. You didn't fuck it up. You can't fuck it up. You can only fuck it up by staying there. I would categorize love in general as taking something or someone in as a part of yourself, right? If I love Lindsay, then I take positive ownership of her. When, because I, okay, if it's a bad word in this instance, I'm trying to give an example. So because I love Lindsay, her well-being is my well-being, right? She's like an extension of me. Or even if I love a, um, a painting that I created and um, I really want to protect it and make sure it doesn't get wet and make sure nobody ruins it because it came from my heart. It's an extension of myself. It's a part of me. If you love your dog, you know, you want to take good care of your dog because your dog's well-being is your well-being. So from that definition of love, to love something or someone is to take it in as a part of yourself. It's a form of inclusion. It's a form of all encompassing. It has that energy of, you know, encompassing everything and everyone. So that's like a more spiritual, truer definition of love. So then to apply it to self-love would be to do that with yourself, to care about yourself, to make your own well-being important to you, to make your needs important to you. You know, there's a million different ways that people express this. People who love themselves care about how they feel. They go for what they want. They can set healthy boundaries. You know, it's not that you think you're more important than other people. In fact, it's that you make yourself just as important as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And from a more macro level, self-love, it, well, okay, So in the micro, self-love is loving of yourself, right? So loving your parts, loving who you are, loving who you're becoming, loving yourself through hard stuff. But on the macro spiritual level, if everything is one, right? If that rock is one with you and you're one with other people and everything is one consciousness, then self-love is really just love right? And from a law of attraction standpoint, the more you practice loving yourself as a person, as a unit, as this one entity, 
um, as this fractal of God, the more that you love everything, right? The bigger your capacity to love yourself, the more your capacity to love other people, your friends, your family, the bigger your capacity to have compassion and forgiveness for yourself, the easier it is for you to do it for other people. So really, once we understand this baseline about self-love that actually makes you better at relating and we look at narcissism which they say is a personality disorder but I would really categorize it as like a relating disorder um like because not I feel like not all narcissists are super narcissistic all the time I think it comes out more in certain relationship dynamics okay I think that you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Cause everyone yeah. brings out a different side of us. I'm, I'm this way with Kelsey. I'm a different way with my husband. I'm a different way with my kids. The right. point is and to I surround think, yourself with people that make you the best version of yourself. And to give another example, like how many times have you been in a relationship where you got really codependent or maybe you got really narcissistic, but that's not how you are all the time with everybody. It was just the dynamic of the relationship. There was a quote, uh, like a something on Instagram I read that I have been waiting for someone to say, but of course I won't say it first. Maybe I should have. You know what? Next <laughs> time I will. It, girl. Somebody said, uh, unpopular opinion. Everyone is toxic sometimes. And yes. I'm like, oh my God, there has been nothing more true <laughs> ever. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. I think we all have, if we're paired up with the right person, sorry, the wrong person, we could be our own worst nightmare. And I think that that's okay to recognize. I think that we need to recognize that because nobody is just toxic. Nobody is just non-toxic. I think because we live in a world of contrast, like me and Kelsey talk about all the damn time, we are experiencing it all, you know, and we are, we are living it all. It's just, that's where the challenge is. Let me surround myself with people who bring out the best in me. Now, we are not saying that every narcissist is just with the wrong person. That's not <laughs> that's not what we're saying. And, and if you have been with a narcissist, oh my God, that is not what we're saying at all. Uh, I think that some people are more predisposed. I just don't think that anyone is purely absolved all the time from this sort of behavior. It's just recognizing- It's a sliding scale, right? Yeah. Like anything. Yeah. Um, it's a sliding scale. So yeah, maybe some people are narcissistic 1000% of the time. Maybe some are only 10% of the time. And then it varies like to what degree, right? Like how intense is the narcissism? Not just like how much of the time are people expressing it? But I think to categorize it as a personality disorder, well, okay, I love my therapist. We're not psychologists. We're not psychologists. We're not so. psychologists. But I think part of the beauty of having a different perspective than a psychologist is that it opens up the world to new ideas because yeah. I think what is the book called that they diagnose everyone from? Uh, uh, DSM four. Is that what that is? is that what yeah, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> I'm probably not making a very strong argument by not knowing what this book is called, but what the point I'm trying to get at is sometimes it can be helpful to label things as a disorder. Yes. Other times to label someone as disordered when really they're just stuck in a bad dynamic or they've practiced these these habits, I don't think is always the most beneficial. So anyway, we could go on a whole side tangent about that, but we won't. We're going to stick on topic. And I wanted to say, uh, to add on to what Lindsay said, it is important to recognize, you know, our non-goodness. It's important for us to recognize if we're exhibiting unhealthy behaviors and this actually makes you a safer person to relate with it's the people who can't recognize their badness 
the people who can't recognize their mistakes. It's the people who won't look at the parts of them that aren't good, that are the most dangerous to be in relation to because Mm -hmm. they don't even know. Or they won't, they they either can't can't or they won't. Or they won't see it. I don't know and if it, if which that's one is actually worse, but worse yeah. than <laughs> claiming your badness. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like that you said that because that's important. I, I know that self-love and narcissism are, as you said, pretty much opposites. And I 100% agree with you. But for those that are having a hard time with this idea that they are opposites, let's say that on one, just for the devil's advocate, if one end of the spectrum is self-love, whole and complete and wholesome. And the other side of the spectrum is narcissist. Like you go all the way and you're a narcissist. Now I would like to talk about where that line is drawn, where it's not narcissism. It's just self-love or it's not self-love. It's just narcissism. And I have a really simple way to decide where the line should be. And then we can kind of dive into it. Uh, I think that the, the biggest line in the sand is when you stop loving others as yourself, and you start thinking you are either better or that you deserve more or that your happiness has to come at the expense of someone else's well-being, I think that you need to stop and take a look at yourself and be like, am I, am I doing this for the greater good or, or am I kind of stepping into, and you know, that's the thing. Like if you think that you can love yourself and if you're the kind of person that can fully love themselves as you love someone else, uh, and, and not do that. <laughs> I think you're good. I don't think one day a flip, a switch gets flipped. And now all of a sudden you are just better than it. I just don't think it works that way. The kind of person you are is the kind of self-loving person that you will be. You know what I, I mean? I would basically agree with this line in the sand that you have drawn. I mm-hmm. think it's a good way to tell what side of the spectrum you might be on in any given moment. Like is this detrimental to other people is yeah. a good marker or not? Because usually when you're in a really healthy self-loving space, it's going to benefit everyone Absolutely. around you, right? It's the whole metaphor of filling your own cup first, not only filling your own cup, filling your own cup first so that your cup overfloweth to everyone around you, right? And you become yeah. a blessing. <laughs> but I think in in the true definition of self-love, you don't feel or believe that you are more valuable than other people. Absolutely. You believe that you're just as valuable as other people and you see other people's worth and value too, the same way you see it in yourself. How many of you listening, obviously I'm never going to know this, but uh, just take a minute and think about if ever in your life, or even maybe right now, do you feel that you see yourself less valuable or less favorably then either others see you, like, do you think other people think you as more valuable than you think you are? Or do you see yourself less valuable than others? Either right now or any time in your life, have you ever felt that way? And if the answer is yes, I felt that way at one point or another, or I feel it right now, then that is where you need to fill your own cup. Fill your own damn cup. It helps everyone. (laughs) It helps the world. Because here's what happens when you don't, which is where we go into the narcissistic territory. Cause I really feel that narcissistic people, at least the ones that I've met and, you know, dated and in, been with and, and in my personal experience, I would say that narcissists actually don't love themselves, which 100%. is why they have to be such energy vampires and get love and get attention and get affection from everyone around them. 
If you're anything like me, then you probably love the ambiance of working in a nice coffee shop. The smells, the sounds, just being around other people, getting it done is a good feeling and it can definitely help you focus to just have that white noise in the background. But working from home, sometimes you don't always have time to go to the coffee shop. So that's when you want to bring the coffee shop to you with this new podcast that I just found that I have to tell you guys about, which is awesome called the coffee shop sounds podcast it's released bi-weekly it's totally free and it features high quality immersive background noise from america's best coffee shops so literally you don't even have to go anymore unless you still want coffee (laughs) and you can just bring the coffee shop to you by listening to this podcast and it feels like you're totally there it goes great with music or by itself And it's really nice to just immerse yourself in that coffee shop vibe, even from the comfort of your own home. So go check it out. It's totally free. The URL is kind of different. So listen closely. It's the word sounds with an S dot coffee. That's it. Just type sounds dot coffee. And from there, you'll be able to find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere. Again, that's sounds dot coffee. Enjoy. Hey, Lindsay here. Have you seen what's new inside my Align Your Mind membership? Members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios, mindset hacks, manifesting methods, and more on demand right at their fingertips. But now when you join AYM, you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits. These toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind. Whether you desire to call in more money consistently, get out of the mindset rut that you're in, renew your passion and confidence, manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal, once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal, and that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back, and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. The idea that it must be hard or Mm -hmm. it's not sustainable. If it's an easy get or if it feels Mm -hmm. easy, it's a trick, right? So Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have that situation going on in some area of their life or, or in a season perhaps. So can we speak about where you are with that idea and how you Mm -hmm. can kind of move through into like it actually doesn't have to be hard and and embodying that idea that I think is the biggest piece quick question ladies sure are expletives banned on your platform no we encourage them go for it it's bullshit that's what it is it's bullshit (laughs) that's what I have to say about it Lindsay it's bullshit no it's it and, and the thing is again we humans we find ourselves to be so clever with our cleverness which mm-hmm isn't as clever as we think it is and in our cleverness we're like oh yes we know all of the things including the things that we don't really know yeah and so in my wisdom here's up for anyone who's listening to that and doesn't really believe me I'm going to pose a question have you seen your own ass <laughs> in the mirror I'm going to need some more but that's not, like, but that's not yours that's a reflection of your ass okay oh, 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 oh okay so no no we've I don't think anyone have you seen your own face? <laughs> no. No. So you've seen neither your face nor your butt crack. And yet, <laughs> with that How lack of personal experience. How are we going to finish the show? I can't. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> you are amazing. Okay, keep going. 
Thank you. I love that. Thank you. I receive. Receiving. <laughs> right. So, receiving the things as I look at my reflection and my butt crack. Um, so we haven't seen our own butt crack in its fullness. We've not seen our own face in its fullness. We've maybe seen a photo, depending on how you get down with your photography of your bedroom activities. Maybe it's video. I don't know. And that's all good also. No judgment here at all. Um, but yet we presume that one that, that one who has not even seen their own face can understand the detailed workings of the freaking universe. And it yeah. brings us into this egoic, deluded idea that we can take that understanding and say how things should work out or say what things should be, including that it has to be hard. Okay. There are 8 billion people in the world, trillions of organisms going on in every single one of those people. How many different thoughts and constructive things going on? We don't know how things have to be. And yet we latch onto this bullshit idea that it has to be hard. Yeah, I have a, it, it is kind of a paradox though, isn't it? Because when you think about it on like the way you're explaining it, it makes perfect sense because it does seem like it's coming from, well, I know it mm -hmm. feels true. So it must be true. Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, most of the time it comes from a place of not necessarily, well, you know, in my case, not necessarily the ego of like, I know it has to be this way, but I think am I deserving? Of, it's like the opposite of like my, my human knowledge and my ego is telling me this is true. Mm -hmm. It's, it almost feels like the underbelly of that, which is like, it must be hard because how could it possibly be that easy for this human? <laughs> it's bullshit. Lindsay. It's so bullshit. It's bullshit. It bullshit to the max. It's bullshit. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but the thing is, but it's bullshit that has substance. And, and one of mm -hmm. there's a couple of things, first and foremost, possibility doesn't equate probability. Right. And I want everybody that's listening, including you delightful humans here, possibility does not equate probability. So it's possible that it could be hard. But we don't have to increase the probability of that by claiming it as a definite outcome. It's possible that I am subject to a commitment to the illusion of my unworthiness. But I don't have to increase the probability of my physically experiencing people, places, and things, emotions, and circumstances that equate to that bullshit story. I am available to another story, but not whilst I'm holding on to a commitment that the dark side, that underbelly that you described has to be my experience. Yeah. Word. So what I'm hearing is stay open to the possibilities outside of your limited programming bullshit. and mindset. Yes. And when, <laughs> this, this is good. I love this bullshit lane because mm -hmm. when I... I'm I am someone who um I guess works best in tough love, but only for myself. Nobody mm -hmm. else can try to give me that except for me. Okay. And maybe my spirit guy. I'm tough on my own self. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Everyone else can be sweet. I'm gonna be like, all right, get it together. You know better. You know. <laughs> and when I find these things creeping up, it really is an attractive idea for me to be like in the mirror no 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 that's bullshit let's move on <laughs> like it just feels even, so I've got, empowering I've got, even more power, I've got an empowering way for you to actually get beyond it because here's the thing let's do it if you look at it and call it bullshit then you're accepting it as bullshit and therefore cementing its position in your life as bullshit in fact all that we really need to do is say oh how interesting and then give it no attention at all how interesting I like this approach because it's the zero resistance. Yeah, You're not making resistance. it an enemy. You're not nope. claiming it as your reality. Right. It's just, nope. oh, what an interesting, interesting. thought. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Like, have, um, have either of you read The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle? 
Yes. Uh, right. I have so it. It's is... right there, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Shelf help. To be read. Da, da, da. I know, right? So Shelf there's a story <laughs> that you'll recognize, Kelsey. There's a story in it where there's the guy, like there was the, the monk that lived in the village and um, a young lady gets pregnant and she blames the monk in the village for having knocked her up. And everyone's like, oh, you knocked up this lady. He's like, is that so? Oh. And then uh, the baby's born and the parents are like, you got to look after this baby. He's like, okay, is that so? Right. And then they, they come back later and they say, oh, well, actually, you know, actually the little guy from the baker shop or whatever, who's who knocked up the girl, he's a real dad. They want the baby back. And he's been raising this kid. And he's like, is that so? And it's not that he, it's not that he, he didn't get caught up. He knew that he hadn't had sex with the girl. He knew that the kid wasn't his. He knew that he probably formed a bond with the kid. And that's an extreme example as those old school Chinese guys were used to getting into like, oh, is that so? And we probably aren't going to be so neutral, but to at least open up to the possibility of not getting caught up in the story so that we can start to move into deeper levels of is that so, right? Oh, that thing's coming up in my mind again. Okay, well, I can only generate an ongoing emotional response from the thing and therefore habits and behaviors and a physical experience if I hold on to it. And even telling it, hey, you piss off, actually is just giving it life because I'm acknowledging yeah. that it's even there. So it's this dance between denying it life and accepting its existence long enough to move on to something else. I call it the difference between a reframe and a bypass. I'm not pretending mm -hmm. that it's not there. I'm accepting it, but I'm only accepting it long enough to not accept its place in my reality. Mm. The sweet spot. It is a sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part of our high vibe net community. Make sure if you're loving this episode or any episode to subscribe. Every week we're coming out with new content for you guys. And you can also join our email list. So lindsayrobinson.com, kelseyaida.com. We send email reminders every week about the episodes if you want to be also in the loop that way. And be sure to connect with us on social at Lindsay Robinson and at Kelsey Aida. And of course, if you guys want to join the Patreon to get bonus content, extended episodes on video and exclusive hangouts and things that we only give to our VIPs, you can join at patreon.com slash high vibe. You can start for as little as three bucks a month. So super easy, super quick and super fun to be there. Also, leave us a review. If you guys love this episode or any of our episodes, go tell us about it in the reviews and share with a friend that needs it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week and have a great one.